beer? Do you want to learn how to make your own beer? It's time for Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Here's your host, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It here on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White with Bert Deister. Happy Saturday. Happy, uh, what? Anything else going Happy on? G-A-B-F. What's that? Today is the Great American Beer Festival, and it goes on all weekend, and it's in uh, Denver. Uh, it has been the original beer tasting for beer connoisseurs. You have breweries from all across the nation uh, that show up in Denver. There's the uh, kind of the American uh, beer competition is there as well. Um, so if you are lucky enough to be there, I'm jealous. If you've never been, you should at least go once. Um, it's kind of overwhelming when you get in. I have been before um, because you have hundreds and hundreds of different breweries, each bringing different beers. Um, so you're approaching kind of like the, the four-digit beer mark. I don't know exactly how many they have, but it might as well be because there's no way you're going to drink them all. But it is definitely the pilgrimage of craft beer lovers in the United States. So if you've never gone before, you at least got to go once. All other tastings and stuff that you've ever been to were really kind of based off of this big tasting. Gotcha. So it's basically like most beer festivals, except it's the nationwide one? You got it. This is the big one. You got it. All right. So this is where they... How How long has it been going on? Ooh, long time. Since I was gonna say because yeah. to, to get like the national recognition as the nation's beer festival, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. All right, so that's going on now. Uh, we also have people down at Big Ditch Brewing Company today taking the beer judge certification exam, the tasting portion. Um, so good luck to all of you taking the exam, and okay. uh, hope your palate is cleansed. This I morning. saw the Big Ditch is just putting out a new milk stout, chocolate milk stout, or something like that. Yeah, so. with, with lactose. And- yeah, yeah. I. I love stouts. I don't. I, I just don't like milk stouts too much. Well, I'm I've not always, always. It's not that I don't like any of them. It's just like, I don't know. I, I tend to always try them, and maybe it's like a mental thing. And the other thing about milk stouts is when you make a lactose stout, obviously there's a lot of people out there who are lactose intolerant, yeah. and you've just taken a large portion of the drinking population out of your market for that beer. But, but still, it's a fan favorite for those who can enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably give it a try. I mean, I always try milk stouts, and I would say, like, most times I don't end up loving them, uh, but I don't dislike them too much. All right, anyway, last week we talked about cider making. Uh, if you want to learn about that, any episode you want to find is on demand at uh, WGR550.com or the ESPN 1520 website as well. Uh, this week at Niagara Tradition, any kind of specials, anything people need to know about what you got in, what's in stock, what's new? Well, we still have Galaxy and Nelson 7 back in stock. We are fully loaded again on crushers, destemmers, and presses. Uh, we are a you know kind of full-service wine and cider-making shop uh, year-round, but especially this time of year. Um, so we are back to full stock on all of those big wine-making uh, equipment items. So if you're looking for a press, if you're just looking for fermenters and airlocks and yeast, we have you covered as well. So stop on in. All right. And coming up in a couple of weeks, or about a month ago, a month to go, we've got the two ones. There's Teach a friend to homebrew day and learn to homebrew day and homebrewing day. Are well, we there's three? National Homebrew Day, and that's okay. in the spring. And they actually took teach a friend, 
Okay. And uh, two years ago, they turned it into Learn to Homebrew Day. Okay. I actually like the Teach a Friend better. Yeah, it was more inclusive. It, yeah. You know, and it, it, it always encouraged you to grab somebody particular, somebody who's been bugging you to homebrew. So even though they don't call it Teach a Friend to Homebrew Day, uh, if you were going to brew at home that day, grab a friend, teach them to brew. Um, it will be a fun experience. Even if they don't start brewing as a lifelong hobby, um, it's going to be great to have somebody who at least knows some of the process so that when you start talking about your beer at a party, somebody may listen. Yeah. So that's always nice. And again, for Monsters, we've mentioned these before, there are new, you have a few new accessories that are available at, yes, the, at the store. Yes, especially the big one is the lid lever. So if you're having some trouble getting your Monster lid off, um, come on in and get a wrench for it. We have a big plastic wrench, goes over the top and pops the lid right off. Otherwise, you can always break out the hairdryer, warm up the lid. Um, but if there's not a hairdryer conveniently kept near your homebrew setup, this might be a little bit easier than going and borrowing it from the bathroom. Every have day. you found this to be a, a problem for people with Fermonsters? Because um, I never had that problem. I ferment in a fermentation chamber, and I often cold crash in my Fermonster. And that's where it seems to make the difference. First time I used it, I used it at room temperature, just out on the counter, um, no problems. When I put it into the fermentation uh, chamber and I dropped the temp down to 38 degrees, I did notice that very quickly it did kind of get a little stuck on there. Warmed it up a little bit and it came right off, but the wrench does make it a lot easier. Yeah. All right. So what are we talking about today? What's our, what's our, what are we going to do today? We're talking about how to make your extract beers better. Um, as kind of homebrewing becomes more popular, I think there's kind of an unfair bias that all grain beers are always going to be better than extract beers. And I know I always take a little bit of flack for this, but I will greatly defend extract beers, partially because I don't have the time to always brew all grain. I would love to. You know, I love my all grain equipment. You know, I love kind of, you know, feeling the mash like about halfway through and watching it all of a sudden start to break. Um, but don't always have that luxury and I like to keep my own beer on my kegerator so a lot of times I end up doing extract and often I bring some of these extract beers and I serve them at the counter and usually if I do them well nobody knows their extract mm -hmm. um, so you can make extract beer that is just as good as your all grain and I think what really kind of happens here is brewers who are doing extract, and I'm guilty of this myself, um, especially who are, you know, early in the kind of, you know, learning phase of home brewing, tend to cut a lot of corners. And by cutting these corners that an extract brewer who's got a lot of experience would never cut, um, you end up with a lot of kind of flaws or the beer becomes a little bit subpar due to these kind of errors. So if you can take a little bit extra time to, you know, put together your uh, extract beers and to do a little bit more prep work, you're going to have a beer just as good, if not better, depending on, you know, recipes and techniques, than an all-grain beer. And to be quite honest, nowadays, with the kind of the price drop in breeze extracts, or maybe it's just that they've held, you know, steady for so many years, that the you have to really be a good all-grain brewer getting really good efficiencies for it to be significantly um, financially um, worthwhile for you to do. Mm -hmm. um, so if you say that uh, about three pounds of extracts is equivalent to about five or six pounds of grain, a $10 tub of breeze extracts takes the place of about seven fifty worth of grain. So for $5 on the entire batch, you can save yourself three hours of time um, and do an extract instead of an all grain. 
So if you had to pay yourself <laughs> as a brewer, are you worth $2 an hour if you're really stressed for time? Obviously, this is a hobby. We're doing it because we want to. I would always rather do all grain if I had the time, but I don't. And yeah, I'm only losing about $5 in the recipe. And I right. tell myself that every time that I say, do you want to know what? I just don't have the time this morning to do all grain. Yeah. Do you find that the extracts and that, I don't know, the process has gotten better in terms of absolutely uh, like what you can get out of it? Because I, I feel like extract brewers would, would say they don't have as much freedom to kind of you know, to create the um, the grain bills that they really wanted to. I know there's different types of extract, but... And that was definitely an excuse 10, 15 years ago. Um, when Brees only had two extracts available, they had a gold and they had an amber, and they added a wheat, and then they added, I think, a pilsner when they bought um, the Dutch malt extracting company, and they just kept expanding their lines to whereas now they have, I think it's about eight different base malt extracts. So if you want to make a Vienna style, they got you covered. If you want to make a pale ale malt extract, they have you covered. Pilsner, regular two-row, um, Munich, as well as a couple other kind of more specialty ones. But even Marathotter uh, is available now in a Mutton's extract. So it's not just the American malt extract companies that are kind of upping uh, their variety. Um, pretty much all of them are. So th that kind of excuse has gone out the window. And the other thing, too, is just because you're using extract doesn't mean you can't use some grain as well. So if there's a certain base grain or specialty grain you're trying to work in there and you're an extract brewer, absolutely go for it. So just because you're an extract brewer doesn't mean you're limited to all your beers really sharing the same base, which absolutely used to be true. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be paying a whole lot more uh, for each badge. So just because you're an extract brewer doesn't mean you can't get all the benefits that an all-grain brewer does from brewing their own beer. All right. Let's get a break in, and when we get back, we'll talk about how to make your extract beers a little bit better. So from minerals to the water to full boils, Irish moss, you know, clarifiers, things like that, all the ways to make the difference so that your extract beer is the best it can possibly be. Jeremy White, Bert Deister here on Niagara Traditions. Just brew it on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Homebrewing Supply, 1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays, 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. Back here on Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It on ESPN 1520, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Before we get back into how to make your extract beers better, 
National Learn to Homebrew Day on November 4th. We've talked about this before. You guys have like had events for oh, that? Yes. And so if we were talking about you brewing at home, find a friend, help them brew. Um, if you don't have a friend that will come over and help you brew, come and brew with us. So we'll be doing a beginning brewing startup class in the morning at 11 o'clock in the morning. Then at 1.30, we'll begin a tasting and an all-grain brewing demo. So that if you're interested uh, in the all-grain, uh, just show on up and have a beer. If you're interested in the beginning brewing class, go to our website and grab a ticket. You do need a ticket for that one. Okay, so nthomebrew.com, grab a ticket. Free ticket, right? No, no, no. Nope. You, you pay for the involved. ticket, but you get a gift certificate. Gotcha. Okay. We want to make, but if you don't show up, you don't get the gift certificate. Well, I mean, of those seats are value. I was going to say, of course, I'm going to show up. So consider it a deposit. Okay. So that's November 4th, National Learn to Homebrew Day. Uh, a great opportunity to learn something and uh, take advantage of, of what you've got, you guys have going on at Niagara Tradition. Okay. So on to how to make extract beers better. So the first thing I want to talk about is adding minerals to your beer. Because one, I think a lot of all-grain brewers forget this too. And I know a lot of brewers who do all the tricks on their extract beers, and they're better than a lot of all-grain beers that I taste at the counter all the time. And one of the first things that I see is that the people are not doing anything for their mineral content. It's like adding no spice on your food. Uh, and having, you know, something like gypsum will help bring out hoppy flavors. Calcium chloride will help bring out sweet. Uh, calcium carbonate roasty uh, and, say, like Epsom salt savory. So if you are trying to get, like, the certain flavor profile out of a certain style and just your flavors seem muted, chances are you need to add the right minerals to bring out the flavors you're trying to highlight. So again, if you're doing like an IPA, um, you want to do gypsum. If you're having a lot of problems getting your kind of lighter beers to come off multi sweet and aromatic, calcium chloride. If your roasty beers seem bitter and astringent and just kind of linger on the palate, you're going to need some calcium carbonate. Thinking about that, going online, looking at a water profile and how you can adjust your local municipality's water, which is also available for free online depending where you in, uh, live. There's a couple forms, but also Brewer Trends has a big list of submitted water profiles. So if you don't want to go through the work to get yours tested or to go to your municipality and try to sort through the requested copy and analysis, um, you can just go online, go to Brewer's Trend, search your municipality, and chances are the water profile is up there. Gotcha. So that's a really easy way to get it. And then they also have a great tool on there so you can kind of hit your parts per million numbers by slowly building up your minerals. Uh, so the next thing you can do to your extract beer that will make it a lot better is add some base malt. Um, with home brewing, um, a lot of times, I think when people say if they're going to do extract, they're going to do no extract. If they're going to do grain, they're going to do all grain. Um, and by kind of throwing out those ideas, you can get yourself a lot more efficient. So by putting a little bit of grain into your extract beers, you're going to get more out of your specialty malts. You're going to get better clarity. You're going to get better fermentations. You're going to get better hot breaks, cold breaks. Uh, and if you're doing super big imperial beers and you're an all-grain brewer, kind of adding some extract at the end to boost your gravity is really going to increase your efficiency. It may make the beer cheaper overall. Um, so you may use 10 pounds of extract plus, or 
or I'm sorry, three pounds of extract plus 10 pounds of grain instead of using 20 pounds of grain because of the drop in efficiency you'll see. So add some base malts to there. It's really going to help break down dextrins in your specialty grains, allowing you to use more dextrins, more toasted malts. Um, and if you decide to use some adjunct grains, you know, say, you know, rice, corn, uh, Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries, um, it will help break those down a little bit more. Um, you just want to watch the temps uh, and your steeping times, and those two factors really are going to determine what comes out of your grain. Um, most brewers, when they do steep their grains, they go a little bit too hot and short. And I see this in a lot of, you know, kind of recipes. Bring the water to a boil, add in the grains, let them sit for 15 minutes, 10 minutes, pull them right out, add the rest of your water, and bring it up to a boil. And I can tell you, you're going to get much better flavors out of those grains if you really watch the temperatures. And if you can do it in a little side lunch cooler and make a little mini mash while you're getting all the rest of the water up to boil and just pour it in, that's going to make a really big difference. How, when beer. you say lunch cooler, like how big? Not really like big at thermos? all. Like the, you know the igloo kind of handle oh, yeah, things? Okay. I mean, I'm doing two to three pounds of grain, and that's going to take about a quart of water. So something that could hold a quart and a half, two quarts is really all you're going to need. So okay. a small lunch cooler always seems to work well. All right. Um, next thing you can do is a full boil. Um, and the reason that this makes such a huge difference, and if you're going to uh, do one thing, this is probably going to make the biggest difference uh, in the kind of general flavors of your beer. Because if you're doing concentrated boils, you're going to get a high Maillard reaction. So what's happening is sugars are running into each other and they're bonding. Um, and these long chains tend to make more caramel flavors, uh, make the beer a little bit darker, maybe even a little metallic, and um, a little bit sweeter in the long run. And this flavor kind of stands out to brewers who can recognize it. When you're doing all grain, you don't have the option to do a concentrated boil. You need all that water to sparge out and convert. But when you're doing extract, you have that luxury. And sometimes that makes the difference of being able to boil just in the comfort of your own kitchen and having to break out the turkey fryer, go into the backyard when it's cold. But doing a full boil will make a big difference. It will help your beers be crisp, light in color, and kind of light in body. So if you're having trouble with the lighter beer on, if there seems to be this caramely tang that's in every beer, do a full boil. Next thing you can look at is you want to make sure you're getting a full boil. So you can only really boil as much water as you can get up to 212 or past. Um, boiling drives off DMS, dimethyl sulfate, and this often gives the beer a kind of vegetable flavor. It also coagulates protein to keep it clear and ensures full hop utilization and pasteurizes the wort. So if you don't get the beer up to a full, hard, rolling boil, yes, it's going to foam up. Don't let the pot go unattended. Be there, you know, if it starts to boil over, hit the heat down, pour some cold water on top. But if you don't boil, you're going to get vegetable flavors from the DMS. You're going to get hazy, chewy beers from all your unbroken proteins. Um, you're going to have, like, no hot bitterness. Uh, and you may also get an infection because you didn't pasteurize a wort. So make sure you're getting a full boil. If you're doing this on a home stove, you might have to split up um, – the boil, but you want to make sure that you're getting a full boil. And yes, you should lose 10 to 15% over the course of that boil. So if you're not losing like at least 10%, you may want to worry about if you're getting enough of a hard boil. Okay. And that's the kind of the indicator I usually use whenever going with a new system. Um, use Irish moss 
every time. Uh, I know the extracts we just talked about in the beginning of the program have come a long way, but they're still not perfect, and they still haven't been fully hot broke. So uh, if you add the Irish moss, if you add clarifiers, uh, it's going to make sure that you don't have any residual protein haze. These are things you can kind of test for and kind of you know take samples when you're an all-grain brewer. It's not really that easy of an option as an extract. You're trying to save time anyways. Irish moss, it's about 10 cents per batch. Just toss it in there, uh, and it will guarantee that you don't have any uh, protein haze in the long run, which will really make a big difference, again, in the flavor profile and the body of your beers. Um, next thing you can do is use a wort chiller and tune in your pitching temperatures. Um, because you don't often need one with a partial boil, because you can fit that smaller pot into the sink with ice water, and it's a fairly big investment, we'll say 60 the one that I used was $70, and they go way up there up to $200 for a wort chiller, even on a, an immersion wort chiller, there's some at $200 now. Um, you want to get the temperature down from a boil fast. A good cold break will help with more protein coagulation, but also prevent oxidation. Um, keep stirring the kind of wort to make sure you have even temperatures, um, and then just turn off the water when you hit your desired temperature. This is really going to allow you to tune in your pitching temperature. Usually when you're doing an ice bath, you do one, three, you know, ice baths, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, I'm out of ice. Whatever temperature this is, I'm going to have to pitch at. And that can cause some under-attenuation, but also uh, extremely phenolic flavors in your beer. So when you use a wort chiller, again, you can kind of tune in your pitching temperature and get it exactly where you want it. Not only that, it saves a lot of listing of a hot pot of wort. Um, it makes it all a little bit safer because you don't have to move, again, a big you know, pot of basically boiling motor oil off the stove and into the sink. So it's going to be a little bit the, safer. the old wort chiller trick when it comes to cleaning that thing? You just you cleaners? No, that's okay. That's neither do I. You just okay. dip it right back in the boiling work, basically. You got right? it. I, I hose it off when I'm done with it. Uh, you kind of use the, the sprayer to try to get off any you know bits of protein or you know the iris moss chitosan that's that stuck to the side. But uh, I think people look at the wart chillers; they come brand new and shiny. Don't worry, you're not expected to keep it that shiny. You know, mine's got you know bits of you know brown and reddish bits from you know grain and tannins all over it. Every once in a while, if I'm cleaning my brew pot, I'll give my wart chiller a soak too, and then just hose it off. Yeah, but um, never a scrub. I mean, it's I, I did when I first started brewing. I noticed no differences. Yeah. I, I was spending literally like 30 minutes cleaning my immersion wart chiller, which is less time than you would spend if you got a counterflow chiller. If you have a counterflow chiller, yes, you have to clean it every single time or else it's going to get precipitates. Um, it's going to get protein stuck in the corners of the plates. Um, you're going to need to clean that one every time. And that's one of the big advantages to immersion chillers over counterflow chillers. I don't think anybody's ever going to argue that the immersion chillers are uh, – quicker or more water efficient, but they are a hell of a lot easier to use. And that's really why they're so popular. Okay. All right. Next thing is when you're, once your wart's chilled down, you want to aerate it. And if you're using regular air, you're not using pure oxygen. It really can't overdo it. So go nuts. Pour it back and forth between the bucket and the, the brew pot over and over again. Stir like the devil. If you got a pump or an air, you know, stone, go ahead, sanitize it, use it. You really can't overdo it. Um, and Another reason why I was going to say it, air is usually better than oxygen. With the oxygen, you can overdo it. With air, you can't. makes it a little bit easier. takes some of the stress out of it. takes a couple extra minutes, but 
it's a little bit safer. Aerating your wort, uh, we always talk about caring for your yeast in this hobby and how much of a big difference that's going to make in your beer. They need that oxygen. They need that oxygen to produce healthy new cells. Otherwise, they're going to have trouble and they're really going to be slow uh, to produce new cells and they got to get up to that number before they start fermenting. So you'll see a lag. Fermentation won't start. And then once it does start, it's going to be producing some off flavors that you might not want. So make sure you aerate really well. And the next thing is do a starter. Even if you're doing dried yeast, um, mix up the yeast with some extract um, and do a little bit of a starter. Uh, I see a lot of experienced extract brewers, if they're going to take some time out of their normal process and they're going to put in say an hour someplace else they're going to do it into the yeast uh, and they really kind of reap the benefits of this kind of loyalty to the yeast with very clean fermentations reliable attenuations um, and it just makes the beers a lot better so even if you're only going to do this right at the beginning of your brewing process so you bring your wort up to a boil take a small sample chill it and pitch the yeast over the next you know hour and a half that you're going to be brewing you're going to get great rehydration you are going to start to get a little bit of yeast budding and propagation and that's going to make your beer a lot better so if you don't have time and you keep looking at your all grain equipment there's no excuse uh, if you follow the same kind of you know steps and, and you really kind of hard nose all the details like you are with your all grain beers with your extract beers they're going to turn out just as well um, I always say that saying that, oh, you know, I, you, whenever I use that breeze extract, you know, I, it's just my beer is just not as good and you blame the maltster. I think it's pretty damn bold of a home brewer to say that they're a better maltster of breeze, somebody who's been doing it for over 30 years and is really an industry leader, not just in the U.S., but also while, they, while their market isn't as high overseas, the science that they use to produce really good malts uh, is greatly appreciated by other maltsters. And I've heard them other maltsters compliment Brees on their you know, uh, analysis that they give their customers at their consistency. Um, they're really a great malting company. I mean, not to dig on Coopers or Muttons, they make some great products as well. And I have some recipes that are extract that I just can't mimic all grain. I can't get those right flavors. Yeah. So for some of my recipes, I always still make them extract just because they taste better yep. and i guess it's doing that with a couple of recipes always trying to go back and forth between extract and all grain um and just having the better beer be extract on certain recipes uh, has always kind of convinced me to you know that it, they're equal yeah I, I really don't see with my own beers when i you know take all the steps when i take everything seriously do i see a quality difference in my extract versus all grain no do i see like significantly more flaws in my um extract no so if you feel like in order to make good beer you have to do all grain we're telling you right now that you're wrong okay you'll have more fun yeah right you know what i mean it'll be a longer brew day longer time to sit around drink beers you know all grain beers about the same time it takes to watch a football game which is convenient yeah um but if you only got a hockey game go for the uh the extract all right 
That'll do it for us. Again, a reminder, uh, on November 4th, it's National Learn to Homebrew Day. nthomebrew.com for yep. tickets. You guys have stuff. For the beginning brewing class, you don't need a ticket for anything else. This is our 25th anniversary, so we'll have some beers on tap. There'll be a lot of people there for the tasting. But if you're just coming in to think about homebrewing, we'll still be able to take care of you. All right. So we are open during these events. Very good. Enjoy your Saturday. Happy Brew Day if you're going to be brewing today. Uh, Niagara Traditions Just Brew It here on ESPN 1520. You've been listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.